0: Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. just go to PorkBun.com forward slash 24 That's pork PorkBun, dot com forward slash rocketshipfm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
1: As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit hackerone.com slash AI safety security. Again, hackerone.com slash AI safety security.
0: Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka.
2: I'm Joel Steiniger.
0: And I'm Matt Goldman
2: and we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue.
0: Check out our book at howtobuildtherocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter.
2: Today on the podcast, we talked with Melanie Gordon, co-founder and CEO of Tap Hunter. She shares their cold calling techniques that they've used to scale the profitability within a year of taking a seed round of funding. She also describes the challenges of selling a SaaS product to non-technical brick-and-mortar businesses and how they've overcome them. CodeShip makes continuous deployment simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash Rocketship to get a free trial and 20% off three months.
0: We'd also like to thank InVision app. InVision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision app forward slash Rocketship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Melanie Gordon, the co founder and CEO of Tap Hunter. Melanie, welcome. Thanks so tell us uh, the quick overview of tap Hunter
3: yes so tap Hunter is really two things we uh, first are a set of online tools for the bar and restaurant industry to manage and market their alcohol beverage program and then for the consumers we have a free mobile app that lets them discover and find all the great new beer spirits and cocktails that exist in the world
0: and this is to go drink it in person or to buy it in a physical,
3: both um, actually. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. A little bit more on the um, the on-premise and restaurant side, but yeah. we're definitely starting to put a lot more emphasis on, you know, retail and off-premise accounts too. Cool.
0: That's great. So what made you want to tackle a brick and mortar business uh, or sales business like yeah,
3: this? Yeah, definitely. So the idea was um, initially born just out of a necessity being in San Diego, which is arguably the craft beer capital of the world. There's a lot here. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to build something that would help us find all the unique uh, new stuff coming on the market. And what we learned pretty quickly was it was all the bars and restaurants and the businesses who were struggling to even figure out how to run and manage a, a great beverage program. Okay. Um, and that's where we, we started to dig in and think about some tools that we could build for them to help them. And market their their programs better
0: nice so um tell us a little bit about your sales um, it's obviously brick and mortar sales. What mm-hmm. does that look like on the day-to-day basis for you guys?
3: Yeah. So initially, so we're, you know, we're SAS based, is a recurring revenue, uh, platform. We have packages that range from $29 up to $200 a month. And a lot of people said, you're going to have to build a massive outside sales force with feet on the street. A lot of people in the industry, you know, are used to like beer distributors and alcohol distributors. And, um, we we're just like, you know what? No, we, we got to test this. This is a new world. There's great, tools. People are savvy. And so we've proven that we, about 99% of our customers we've sold over the telephone. So can you tell us a little bit more about kind of the nitty gritty of your
2: sales process? Um, I know it's not just picking up the phone and calling someone and calling it a day. Um, what does your funnel look like? And even what tools do you use, Um, to keep everyone on the same page with such a big sales team?
3: Sure. So we are really focused on specific markets. So we have three full-time sales reps. They're each assigned three markets so they can call across the country. So for example, one calls into Los Angeles, Houston, and Philly. And we use uh, Base is our CRM. It's been pretty simple uh, for us to use and then anyone that hits our we have a pretty short sales cycle So we can do one call closes and the average is around two to three weeks, but uh, we're really pushing for for quicker You know, we're talking to, to, to small businesses to, to bars and restaurants Um, and chains and larger enterprises, much different, of course. So we're, we're talking about small, small businesses and we use base. And then any prospect that hits our CRM gets automatically put into a drip email marketing pipeline, uh, that is through MailChimp. And, uh, so we have Zapier talking to MailChimp and base and we've got a 90 day prospecting, uh, drip that just keeps us in front of them. And our open rates on that are pretty crazy are like for the first day two, five 15 and something else. We're seeing like 45% open rates Wow, on a cold email. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And so when we start discovering a lot of these numbers for us, I mentioned our, our close rate, our hit rate a little bit, um, is it's a number scheme for us. It's about filling the top of the pipeline as quick as we can. Mm-hmm. So those are some, some of the tools we use and ways that we kind of, you know, push them along along through the cycle.
2: So what is in the drip email? Is it educational uh, content around what you do and why they might need you? Because I could see a lot of um, brick and mortar, you know, bars that aren't really in the whole tech scene, maybe not fully understanding why they might need something
3: like right. Tap hunter. So the first one is a light intro. Hey, just wanted to introduce ourselves. Who Here's who we are. The next one is here are our, our top featured products. You know, here are the features that people use the most and why the next one is don't just take our word for it. And then we send them to our page of our raving testimonials. And then we have a really fun one, one in there. That's, um, the seven reasons why you don't need tap hunter. And it's because you like to email every single one of your customers every time you change a beer <laughs> <laughs> and it's people like respond that. to it. They hit reply. And at the end of that email, it says, um, it comes from the sales rep. That is key. So that seven reasons why you don't need tap Hunter is the subject line, it's coming from Andy, the sales rep. And then at the end of it, it says, do you have time today or tomorrow at 3 PM for a call? Well, okay. But Today or tomorrow? What do you mean? It does not matter. People respond and say, "Yeah, call me today at one," wow. or whatever it is. That's <laughs> awesome.
2: Um, and do the, are the emails designed out like uh, marketing newsletter type emails, or does it look like just a personal note from?
3: They're pure Spencer? text. Yeah, they're pure text. I think except for one of them, she has some images of the product, but the rest of them are all text based.
0: And is it designed at all? Is there like a template that you're using or does it look like a, like I wrote the email and
3: sent? yeah, some, we're trying to get it more and more away from looking like anything of a template so that they, they think it is coming directly from the rep. And, um, we're talking about bar and restaurant owners, you know, we, we're very techie and we forget that our customers are not as savvy as we are. Which is good, you know, it's good and bad, but it's good in that sense, right? When we're marketing to them, we don't have to overthink um, some of those nuances, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) I know when I'm getting an email from the CEO of Kissmetrics that he's probably not really emailing me. (laughs) But we send out an email to all of our app users after they download the app, and they get an email, and the subject line says a note from the CEO. And our app users respond saying, oh, my God, Melanie, it's so great. We love your app. And we're like, they really think it's me. This is great.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's excellent.
0: But how do you – oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, how do you set up a a uh, cadence for your uh, repeat calls? So you have a call, you cold call them once, and you said sometimes it takes up to two weeks to close them. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you kind of judging how often you should – Uh, Do a follow-up call? Are you scheduling that on the call?
3: So the way that it works is once we get a bar owner on the phone, we go right into our value statement. If you have a few minutes, I'd like to ask you a few quick questions to see what we do as a fit for you. We ask them the questions. The questions are specifically designed to drill straight into what their pain points could be based on what our product solves those pains, right? We say great. We feel like there's a fit. Um, we'll set up an online demo tomorrow to show you the tools is one o'clock work. We call them back the next day at one o'clock demo them 15, 20 minutes, present price, close them on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that's what it looks like.
0: Very cool. And do you have people that are like, I need a minute or
3: sure. I mean, we'll hear, yes, I'm the general manager, but I just need to get my bosses, you know, buy in and the credit card hmm. and that's pretty typical. So that's why it's a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah.
2: And do you have any like referral incentives? You know, everyone's talking about virality online and putting in these little hooks to have your app shared and this and that, but going to a brick and mortar, especially with really non-technical people, um, have you done anything to try and boost the referrals or some of the word of mouth between
3: restaurants, A hundred percent. So we tell our customers that for every bar customer they refer to us that signs up, we'll give them a free month. And they love that from the ego sense and that they want to feel ownership in telling their bar friend Mm -hmm. the newest and latest tool. So we actually haven't given away as many free months as you think we would. It's actually just the psychology of saying that and giving them that option. And we have other customers that are so fanatical about us. This happened just this week. Um, his name's Michael Kearns of Stapleton Tap house in Denver. is like calling his other bar friend owners telling them how much he loves us. And he doesn't care about the free month. It's not about that. It's because we stoked him so much on the service and helping him that he just wants to tell other people. So that's that's kind of how it's worked a little bit for us. So now we're trying to figure out how to get as many Michael Kern stoked customers as we possibly can. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. So through so yeah, these inside sales. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So about 30% of our paying customers today came from inbound and then the rest of that has all been outbound. Wow. What's yeah. your
2: close rate like on cold calls?
3: Yeah. So our close ratio um, across the board on average is about 50%, which is really high. So um, 50% of the people that we get in front of and present price to sign up with us. And a, a typical average that you should kind of shoot for is around twenty five to thirty percent. And if it's below that, then there's something wrong. <laughs> so I'm guessing it probably took you some tweaking to get to that fifty percent. Oh yeah. Um,
2: tell me a little bit about that. was it was it purely um, defining your script a little better, or was it also? Um, understanding the needs better of the bars and restaurants
3: you were selling to and altering your product. So it was more about the product and what was going to resonate and stick with them. So our very first feature of the product was updated beer and we tweeted out for you. And they're like, sure. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. We're we're not really on Twitter, but sure. We're like, oh, that's not exciting enough for them. Right. And then we released something that would power menus on their website. And they're like, What? I don't have to go to my website and update it? And so it was the more excited they got about certain things, then the the easier it became. But there was definitely a lot of testing.
2: Yeah, Matt and I saw that with Hookfeed a bit too in the beginning when we would describe the product to people and things that really excited us, other people would glaze over, and then you hit on these little things that you thought maybe weren't that important and people light up. Yes. And you have to look for those moments where you see people really lighting up. And- yeah,
3: the biggest thing we passed over, literally, the printed drink menu. That's what A important. printed drink menu. <laughs> we thought they had this conquered. And what we discovered was either they didn't have one, which okay. is a shitty experience for the customer. Right. I- what whiskeys do you have? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. The, bottles are um, right. yeah, the tap <laughs> handles are over there. Great customer that experience. So often. Yes. All hat. the time. <laughs> and then it was, well, how are you doing that in Excel or Photoshop or InDesign? So let me get this straight. You're a beverage manager, or director of a location, and you are in Photoshop making all of this work. And so, um, that was when things really stuck for us was, um, that sticky kind of feature was that when customers got in and we helped power their beverage menu, it was a huge difference.
0: Nice. So you, before we, we kind of jumped on, um, you described your entire team as being able to sell. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've been able to, I guess, create a culture where that is the norm.
3: Definitely. So we were a sales machine, everyone on the team. So we, uh, myself and my co-founder who is the, the main developer, we have a senior developer as well, but we both came from a previous startup that was predominantly sales focused. And so a lot of that has just oozed over into our world. And he has helped every single sales rep on our team close a deal. And if he had to get on the phone right now and and close a deal, he could. So everyone on our team could literally close a deal if they, if they had to today.
2: And is that something that's a big part of your interview process when you're interviewing someone that's not really for a sales position? Like say you're bringing on another dev or someone for marketing. Um, it, it's tough enough to find a good developer. Um, we've struggled finding people and I've heard it from everybody. So to find a good developer that's also willing or able to get on the phone and sell, how difficult is that?
3: Very difficult. And we got so lucky. I, I can't even believe the, our first full-time developer that we hired has literally gone out to one of our local San Diego customers on a Saturday to help him and service a customer. He has gotten on the phone with big accounts that we're trying to close across the country. Um, and I mean, it's, it's very rare, but it's so important when you're at this stage that everyone on your team contributes to sales. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah. That's really awesome. Cause you hear about it a lot in terms of customer service. Um, people say everyone on your team is a customer service representative, but until speaking with you, I hadn't really thought about it through the sales lens.
3: Definitely. And I uh, the the sales team, um, sometimes the, they'll forget and, and they'll once in a while kind of remind them, yeah, Mel signed up our first hundred plus customers. Literally, I signed up our, our first batch of customers. Um, and I think for any founders out there, regardless if you have sales experience or not, you should be able to say that. You should be able to look your team in the face and say, I signed up you know, five or 10 or 20 or whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. It's super important.
0: So tell us a little bit how you have funded the company um, up until this point. You have a staff of Eight. Eight, So yeah. tell us a little bit how you got to that point.
3: Sure. So we launched our first products at the beginning of 2012. We bootstrapped the company until the end of last year with our own money and through customer revenue. And then we closed a seed round um, at the end of January this year in 2014, which helped us hire, uh, what were we at, three? Yeah. So six more people. Nice. And we're getting ready to add five more people to the team. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So what do those five positions look like?
3: So it'll be three sales reps, a sales manager, um, and what was the? I th- well, designer. Looking okay. for a designer too. Nice. Yeah. So, so nice. four out of five is sales. It's yes. Sales. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you guys, um, how much out of market in terms of San Diego have you guys covered?
3: Yeah. So uh, about 40% or so of our customers are in San Diego and the rest are all across the country. So we're focused on 10 key markets today. So we're really systematic about the markets we focus on. So our three sales reps today are not just calling across the entire country, wherever they feel like it. So our key markets are, um, most of all of California. So SoCal, NorCal, um, Seattle, Denver. Phoenix, St. Louis, those are some of our big markets that we really focus on.
0: Nice. So um, when we're talking about raising and um, bootstrapping and and, um, funding the company, um, what's your future plans now that you've raised the seed?
3: Yeah, so our future plans right now are we have about another 60 to 90 days with some new hires and some potential things on on the table for us us to then make that decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we go out and raise another kind of small bridge round or... If, you know, if we go big, it's, we're getting comments from all angles, but we're just keeping our heads down and, and executing. Um, so it, we, we don't know. The short answer is we're not sure yet. And one of those, yeah. And one of those options could be to not raise any more money.
0: Mm -hmm. So you guys are almost profitable.
3: We will be by October, November is yes. what we're slated for. Even with so, all the new employees. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. So uh, last year, uh, up until we had raised money, because people always say, are you profitable? I'm like, well, we just raised money, so we're burning through the cash. <laughs> 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 and, uh, so last year, we were profitable four of the last six months. Okay. So that was huge. We raised the money, and now we've got to scale up the team. So cool. we're slated to hit profitability again in November.
0: That's nice. Awesome. Um, so you're very active in the local community here. I'd love to hear, um, how that's affected even the business or, or why, yeah. why you're passionate about, um, contributing so much.
3: Yeah, there was really two reasons. The main reason was that I wanted access to the best mentors and advisors and there was real, there was no real kind of quality and curated place for for that to happen. So myself and some other C- CEOs in town started, uh, the mentor hours that was starting to attract cause we curated the companies. It started to attract the best mentors in town, people that didn't come out of old school biotech trying to mentor a tech startup. It was all these really, really good, um, people out of other, you know, active network and take lessons and all these other companies were mentoring. Nice. Number two, Is Someone always told me, always be building your people pipeline. And that's always been super important for me. And it's been huge for recruiting. So we're in the process of recruiting a sales and marketing manager for our company. And I've been told numerous times that it will be the most important hire that we make. And um, there's a posting out there. Like, Haven't really seen the applicants that we want. And the best applicants we've gotten access to is because of the, the pipeline that I built with those other mentors and advisors nice. gi- giving introductions and that sort of thing. Very so cool. that was the other reason.
0: Nice. Um, I'd love to go back to, uh, the funding a little bit, cause I think a lot of people are curious about raising out of market or out of, uh, yeah. San Francisco. What did that look like for you guys? How did you approach your first lead investor?
3: Yeah. So one of the biggest things was, uh, our biggest introductions actually came from other founders. Okay. That's where our best introductions came from. Nice. So if there's any lesson out there to someone listening is build quality relationships with the other startup founders around you. And specifically ones that have already raised money from funds that you could be a fit for your business. And so the introduction to our lead investor out of the bay um, came from uh, another CEO that we share an office with.
0: Nice. And were they, they were in here?
3: Yeah. Nice. Yep. And then the, the seed fund is in San Francisco. And then every single one of our other investors came from angels in San Diego. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you work the local market after having the lead. Um, very cool. Did that, do you think you would have been able to raise a seat solely in San Diego without the lead coming from San Francisco?
3: I do. And it could have taken longer or we could have taken more money from that angel, the, that group of angels. Okay. But we were excited to have the, the fun and the bay on board. They were sophisticated and really helped us kind of just set it up so it was simple and Get our show on the road. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, well, thank you for coming on yes. and, and sharing this with us. Tell us where we can keep up with you and Tap Hunter online.
3: Yeah, so we're online at taphunter.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Tap Hunter and download our free app to find out where you can get great beer spirits and cocktails.
0: Awesome, thank
3: you. Thanks,
2: Phil. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up.
2: And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them.